Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. <laughs> and I'm Inessa. Giggling as usual, this is the X-Men Files, the podcast where we talk about the x-men and uh sound checks the importance of sound checking and <laughs> popular culture generally how and, you doing and our cat i'm doing fine we're not talking about our cat we don't talk about our cat yeah we, we don't should. we don't want anyone to know about our cat we should have a cat podcast we can tell people the name of our cat because we should because it's a, a very much on uh, on brand for the x-men our, our cat's name is charlie our cat's name is charlie A.K.A. Professor X. <laughs> we did not think of naming him that. He actually came pre-named. Pre-named. Yeah. Uh, a podcast about cats would be a very short one. I would have very little to add. <laughs> Other than that, I'm allergic to cats, but I got one anyway because I will sacrifice anything to make you happy. <laughs> Our son is actually the one. The fucking good at that. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> You'll find out later on the recording when you listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the cat was for our uh, our son. It was for everybody. Yeah, basically, it's, he's he's been good for everybody. But it was yeah. our, our son that uh, worked the magic to make the cat happen. I'm gonna push back on that uh, a little bit. You had talked about getting a dog for a long time. That's true. I guess we got the cat so that and, we stopped talking about getting a dog, which I yeah. didn't really want, but I was just really bored. Right. Yeah. And this is what I encounter in our marriage from time to time is your boredom means that uh, on long walks we talk about how you want to get a dog but you don't really want a dog <laughs> and you try to convince me that I want to get a dog <laughs> and my saying things like I don't think that we should get a dog don't actually end the conversation in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> or, <laughs> I don't think, or I never, ever want to have a dog ever again, which is also right. a thing that you said. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And and my question's like, are you serious when you say that you want a dog? How seriously <laughs> should I take this conversation? And, uh, and so it goes. We eventually got a cat, and now we've had no further discussions about whether or not you want a dog. <laughs> Because that's um, uh, that's that that's marriage to you. Did you hide this thing from our son? Uh, I did not. Um, and this thing, nobody's listening to this goddamn thing. <laughs> Nobody cares. This is a plastic toy uh, uh, that makes a clacking noise. I didn't hide it. No, oh, I didn't. It was just in a weird All place. Right. Let's talk about the X Men. Okay. You wrote a recap. I did, I as kept, promised last I kept week. Saying that I would, and then finally, God damn it, I did. God damn it. God damn it. I spent right. an hour this morning. Writing it while our daughter was doing something else, and then it was written. Okay, let 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 fire should, away. Should we read it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uncanny X Men issue two ten is called "The Morning After," and it was released in October nineteen eighty six and cost seventy five cents. On the cover, we see the X Men channeling their inner Clint Eastwood and taunting the reader to mess with them and make their day. Mm. They do not look happy. This one has a lot of dialogue, so buckle up. It, I actually noticed that as well. Yeah. The, the the word balloons yeah. are really thick. Massive, yeah. yeah. All right. We open in a rail yard in L.A. with two people I've never seen before. Someone named Richard in a superhero costume and a girl named Tommy who looks like the main character in A Bad Case of Stripes pre-Lima Beans. Richard is dead. <laughs> okay. um, I don't know. All right. I, 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 I've got, two, I've got two, two notes, but I'm, I'm going to shut up about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt. What are your notes? I don't want to interrupt. No, you've already interrupted. Sorry, I I, I want to. I don't want to compound no, my. No, carry on. What are... He's now wearing a superhero costume. He's wearing a Hellfire Club guard costume. I, well, that wasn't obvious to me. I mean, I know that now, okay. having having read the whole thing and read the commentary. But yeah. the way that at the time it was yeah. not a hundred percent obvious to me that he was wearing. Okay. It. I've only read like eighty issues of this uh, it, thing. It, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, th there there is no clearer signal that this podcast is solely for the two of us <laughs> than your presumption that all of our listeners are familiar with the uh the kids book <laughs> classic a bad case of the stripes uh, <laughs> a deep cut for our parents it's a shallow cut for us but it's, yeah. yeah it's a deep cut for 
You know, people who's like, 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 all right, if you, if you have children, maybe you've come across <laughs> You this. should. If you have children, you should go out and buy Bad, bad Case of the Stripes, stripes is a good one. It's not um, the Stripes. It's just Stripes. Uh, bad Case of Stripes. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and and um, uh, uh, duck, on a, duck on a Bicycle is also Duck okay. on a Bike is also a good one. Yeah. Okay. Duck on a Bike. Richard is dead or dying, and his stripey companion can't save him. She runs away, and some shadowy figures appear. We learn that Richard works for the Hellfire Club, but they don't care and shoot him anyway. Tommy, the other person named Tommy, turns out to be a Morlock and makes herself flat like paper and gets on board a train. The baddies see her go, see her, but let her go. We learn that they are called Marauders, menacing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Next, we're in San Francisco with our old friend Dazzler. I have to admit that I initially thought that Tommy was Dazzler and that we were just in a different point in the timeline. She's in a band, but doesn't want to go hang out with her bandmates. She's hiding, but the leader of the band, Lila Cheney, who I don't know, is also a mutant, so she's safe with them. She's having a low-key breakdown in the bathroom when Malice, another of the Marauders, pops out of the mirror, fits her with a weird choker, and disappears. I'm assuming we'll be seeing them again. Next, Rogue is flying in Manhattan looking for Phoenix and feeling guilty that she wasn't there for Rachel when she needed her. She sees a sign for X-Factor near a busted-up building. Hmm. She saves some window washers, which makes her feel heroic, but also isolated as she has to be very careful not to touch them and also has to refuse a kiss of gratitude from one of them. She glimpses herself in the mirror and decides that she really needs a makeover, and it's a good thing she has all that money tucked inside her costume. Off to Bloomingdale's, where she tries on some cool 80s clothes and gets a rather appalling makeover. How did the makeup lady not touch her skin? We don't know. Some... Some civilians notice her and realize that she's the one that saved the window washers, which means she's a dirty mutant. The window washers the window washers are there too, because I guess everyone went to Bloomingdale's, and defend her. Someone threatens to call X-Force, and Rogue makes a sneaky exit. She's X-Factor. X-Factor. Yeah. X-Factor. X-Force is another thing entirely. X-Force is something else. Yeah. X-Factor. I did say X-Force throughout. <laughs> That's cool. X-Factor. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. She sees an ad for X-Factor on the side of a cab. Sounds sort of like a cross between Ghostbusters and New York City Exterminators. Yikes. We're back at the mansion with Peter and his old New Wave costume and Ileana. We have some exposition about how we all got here and also to fill everyone in on Peter and Kitty's history. Kitty, meanwhile, is fixing Cerebro so that anyone can use him, not just Psy-powered X-Men. Why didn't we think of this earlier? They're going to look for Nightcrawler and Rachel. But first, Kitty wants a banana split. Why not? Unlike Rogue, Kitty is not feeling guilty. She is mad at Rachel for deserting them when they came to save her. Suddenly, they get a blip on Cerebro. Dot, dot, dot. Meanwhile, Magneto shows up in New York City. I love Magneto, and I wish he were in every issue. <laughs> Confusingly, he appears with the same color scheme as the Morlock Tommy, though his cloak is actually purple. Weird. X-Factor is outside giving an interview, and Magneto realizes that X-Factor is just the first iteration of the X-Men. Cyclops, Beast, Angel, Iceman, and Madeline Pryor? Now I'm confused. Mm. What, what, you're not confused. <laughs> no, I'm not confused. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Magneto is confused. Magneto's confused. They see him too, but decide they're not going to talk to him. Too risky. I'm confused at this point about whether they know he's a goodie now. For his part, he doesn't understand why they are hunting other mutants when they are mutants themselves. Magneto is visiting the Hellfire Club, where they want to offer him what's his name spot on the council. I forgot the guy's name that died. Uh, really, really, yeah. Yeah. Yes, they know they've been enemies in the past, but they want to join forces in the immortal words of Jack Shepard, live together or die alone type mm. thing. Magneto will consider it. Back to Kitty, Ileana, and Peter, who have found Nightcrawler being attacked by an angry mob. They consider teleporting him out. Peter decides they can't keep running away and all that. They go down and talk to the people who are angry. Words are exchanged. The Holocaust is discussed. The people are shamed for being so small-minded. And finally, the crowd disperses. Peter gives a nice little speech about working together and Xavier's dream of the X-Men helping humanity. And then we learn that Nightcrawler has lost his bamfing powers. Ooh. We're back in New York City with Wolverine and Storm. They have a nice little chat about how Wolverine can't just go rogue, so to speak, and kill people, even if they maybe deserve it. And they have to function as a team. A useful lesson for Rachel, too, really. Wolverine recommits himself to Storm's leadership, and they hold hands because I guess a hug would have been out of character. Finally, 
if you can believe that Chris Claremont crammed all this into 24 pages. We're back in New York City with Tommy arriving on the train after traveling all the way from L.A. She's relieved to be back home, but the Marauders must have taken an airplane because they are also there. And after hinting that the only way for the mutants to survive is to band together, they kill her and promise that where she's going, she'll have a lot of company. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. What did, what did, uh, uh, nice recap. I, I, I interrupted initially and, and, and decided not to interrupt, uh, later. Uh, With other notes. <laughs> uh, rather, uh, let me rephrase that. Decided not to be dickish and, um, interrupt. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully, finally this time I've matured because I do interrupt, uh, kind of, kind of. I don't mind when you interrupt the recaps, actually. Okay. It's, it's still not cool. Um, it feels weird to read for such a long time, and then about halfway through, I start feeling like maybe it's boring. Oh no 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 no, not at all. Or I should um, make more jokes or something. Yeah yeah, no no that was good. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so I did correct you on uh, uh, X Force X Factor. Yes. X Force is a thing that comes uh, like ten years from now or something. Like, is that it, the it, Canadian thing? N- no no no, that's no. Alpha Flight. Oh god. Um, <laughs> like in the nineties, there's a thing called X Force, huh. and uh, um, yeah. Yeah, where did I get that? And, and not to be confused with Excalibur. That don't even include that because that's just going to be another thing in my head now. Where did I get X Force from? It, it's not that hard. Was to, there a movie? I don't think so. I'm not sure where you got it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's anyway, um, that was not a cab. I think that was a bus. That the advertisement was. I love the the bus ad though. It, it, it's almost it, it's almost meta in that. Claremont, you said this is a dialogue heavy issue and it's mm-hmm. awesome like that but Claremont, almost like a self-commentary, like have you ever seen a bus ad with that many words on it? Had a lot of words. <laughs> there's just, there's no fucking way. <laughs> it's it's like, like, got mutants? Call X Factor. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But instead here we go, because I want to read the whole thing. Okay. Uh, Mutant investigations and resolutions. No need to be fearful any longer. Our skilled team of experts will aid you in finding the answer to one of the most urgent problems of our time. Call our toll-free number, operator standing by, X-Factor. We take care of... And then it, it fades out. The old thing, it's like, who's reading that? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> right, right. Just I, I love that. And it's like, X-Factor, I wonder what that's all about. Oh, Jesus Christ, I have no idea what... What? <laughs> The bus is gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like passed me by. Uh, I also love. Um, okay, um, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, um, yeah, they call it rush hour, though it's really three hours, and nobody rushes anywhere. <laughs> um, on behalf of everyone who has ever had to commute in a large city like you know Chicago or New York, a couple of times, you know, yeah. when we were there, it's like, um, uh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> It isn't rush hour. Three hours yeah. of slowly crawling moving. on the yeah. expressway. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Well, the traffic in downtown Chicago was actually usually not terrible once you got off the downtown. Yeah, yeah the downtown I mean, traffic. Wasn't too I don't bad. Know, even that. Uh, like Manhattan's not too bad, um, depending on when you're there. Yeah, uh, not that many people drive once they're in Manhattan. Right, right. And also depending once they get on to where the fuck they're going. To go north, south, or east, west. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, getting in like from, you know, New Jersey or some shit. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 Or where we were. Uh, all right. What, what did what did we think of this? So I love this issue. Obviously, really? Because oh, I always love issues where there's a lot of, uh, okay. a lot of talking and like not that much yeah. fighting action, which I yeah. think this one didn't have any fighting action. Fighting action? <laughs> Just like like flying action? Or? Well, just fighting, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, action. So, I mean, at the beginning, I guess, was the thing they did a little bit, but it was mostly, yeah. it was a very talky issue, which are always right. my favorites. Even though this one did have, there were some moments where it felt like he was sort of, uh, like, setting it up for someone who had, I mean, I, I guess every issue does this a little bit, but it felt like, there, you know, especially like the scene with Peter and Ileana, where there was like a lot of like, we will say obvious things to each other that we both know <laughs> so that yeah, someone yeah. just jumping in can be fully appraised right, of, the, right. of the background, mm-hmm. the, you know, kind of whatever that is. But I love this issue. Okay. This is an interesting one for me to revisit. So I, this one I read in real time. Nobody cares about like my um, plugging in and out of the X-Men, but uh, I feel it really important to talk about when I read issues. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, read them when I was eight and then tuned out at about 11. So now I'm back in. And I read this, like, probably when it came out. So mm-hmm. it would have been 14 or 15. I think probably 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, the math on that might not quite shake out, but maybe 14. Um, 
Yeah, at the time I read it, I didn't like it. Mm. Uh, I, I found the um, it, Clint Eastwood. It, it's from the film uh, Sudden Impact, mm-hmm. uh, the Go Ahead Make My Day mm-hmm. thing, which is just um, now just an overall cliche. And, and it even felt cliche then because mm-hmm. like, everybody's fucking using right, it. Right, you know, right, didn't right. make my day. Right. And I it, and I saw that on the cover, and it felt a little bit lazy. Yeah. And uh, as I had kind of suggested last time. It, it felt like it was. It was. It, it felt like the title was getting edgy just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when reading it, this is a, a, another one where you're really leaning into, "Hey, stop being so prejudiced." Um, you know, but the means. Um, now, it's interesting to reflect on that because I'm 50 years old. We are still having a protracted dialogue in in this country about the legacy of of institutional racism things appropriately so mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. uh, that understood um this like in the 80s we were doing that right. okay like, like, like different strokes uh you know arnold wanted to to go to school and couldn't understand why all of the grown-ups were upset about busing and so i i you know, I've been getting an earful of this. I hate to sound cynical like that, but but here it is. Like, like, like you just get inundated with 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 messages about mm-hmm. tolerance and things like that, and, and and seeing it in here, it, it was impossible for me to separate it from all of the other cultural messages, right? right? Like you know, t- tonight on a very important facts of life, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Joe learns about the Holocaust or some shit like that, and 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 um, it, it felt kind of preaching patronizing. Ramble almost done. I agree with that. Go ahead. Oh, you look like you've got I mean, more no, words. No, no, uh, I, I agree with that. Well, I mean, because I'm about to undermine everything that I just you're said, fine. Carry which on. is relevant. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cut it short. Yeah. Reading this a second time, uh, I, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember Kitty's uh, kind of speechifying, mm-hmm. and that that they're really leaning into the uh, um, mutant hysteria. It, it scans much differently now. For you know reasons, you I know mean, reasons being that like I've read it uh, kind of in sequence and it's, and it's not nearly as heavy-handed and maybe a I don't know how to say this without it sounding kind of negative. Uh, maybe I'm just like so over it with the way that the culture is talking about yeah. this stuff, or, or or maybe more constructively, I hope um, I I figured like like I I read that memo a long time ago, right. so. Um, I, I'm not saying that I don't have any further work to do to be a con, you know constructive you know, uh, member of society and to co- contribute positively. Um, but but now when I read this, I, I don't feel as though I'm being preached to. I, I really feel like like Claremont's engaging with something um, a little less blunt than I had thought yeah. when I read it at 14, which is weird, maybe. Yeah, I need to think about that. Or, or, or it's not at all weird because um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing some, some different narrative threads there that might not have been as, uh, uh, as visible at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you, so if you, if you liken it to like a racism or whatever, then yeah. you, you know, you could sort of like then it feels. But then if you, if you just take it as it is on its, on its own merits, i.e. Yeah. people with superpowers, right. Um, you know, sometimes I do feel a little sympathetic for all these poor schlubs that are like, wait a second, <laughs> like, hold yeah. on, there are all these people with superpowers? <laughs> hold on, yeah. that's a little discomforting. What what can those people with superpowers do? What if they don't want to follow? The, like, hold on, yeah. we were all sort of, I mean, not entirely, but sort of <laughs> basically on some sort of level playing field. And now all of a sudden there are people with superpowers. It, um, yeah. It, and that's an absolutely appropriate read of it. Uh, it, it, it th- that's something that uh, comics do deal with. Um, I mean, most spectacularly and famously in, in Watchmen by um, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Moore. But mm-hmm. if you can, huh? Which I have not read. Oh my gosh, we need to. It's on my nightstand. Oh, sort that out, baby. Yeah. Um, uh, but but in others as well. Um, before it was a Captain America movie, Civil War dealt with exactly that right well that's one of the one of the notes that i had in i had written down one thing that kept cropping up not 
necessarily in the exact text, but just as I was trying yeah. to like do some research around this issue, um, is there was some kind of inconsistency within Marvel in terms mm-hmm. of how the X-Men versus the Avengers were treated. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking that, you know, the Avengers movies actually did a pretty good job of trying to address that. Like, first, everyone is really happy that they're Avengers, but then it's like, well, wait a second, you actually blew up this entire fucking country. Yeah. You know, and people died, right. and there were consequences to that, and maybe we don't feel that comfortable with super-powered people, yeah. you know, and whatever. So, I mean, I think that I, that was one of the things that I enjoyed a lot about the... Sorry, am I touching something? No, no, keep going. Um, that was one of the things that I enjoyed about the Marvel films. Like, it, that, that that moment between Alfred Woodard and... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, whoever Tony Stark's actor's name is, um, yeah. uh, Robert Downey Jr., yeah. yeah. Uh, y- y- and, y- yeah, so cinematically, Civil War is most kind of, kind of meaningfully, uh, it, it, it is the plot of, of the film. Um, and the comic version of Civil War is, which predates the, the mm-hmm. cinematic, obviously, much more long, much longer, more protracted, but that's the basic idea. Right. Is that there is a superheroic thing that goes wrong, and some civilians die, and the you know the, the U.S. government, and I think it is just U.S. U.S. government says, "Hold on, hold on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. wait a second, yeah." Um, a, another great take on what it's like to be a an ordinary human it, living in a world of superpowered people is the series Marvels by um, Kurt Busiek mm-hmm. and uh, Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should check that out. Uh, and it's great because it's a different take and it's one where it's pro superhero, but the focus is uh, the perspective is entirely non superheroic people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's a, a different one, but um, uh, yeah, spot on that. We don't necessarily have to think that this is like an episode of Different Strokes. Right. It can be an allegory for <laughs> yeah. for groups yeah, that yeah, are maybe yeah. marginalized or, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. But, it, you know, but on its own. But then it can also be its own thing where it's like, well, wait a second. Are you a marginalized group or are you a group with superpowers? <laughs> right. Because that's there's some tension Different between those two things. Yeah. 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 So that was one of the things that I wrote down. Okay. And yeah. and, and what else? To, you wrote down other stuff. I okay, wrote down okay, three things. Three things. Yes. That was thing number one. That was thing number two. Oh, just because it oh came my. up. Yeah. Oh, well, what's thing was, number one? Just because I was reading it and I was like, yeah, these people are total assholes. And like, you know, we of these course, people the, who... the, the mob, you know, the mob yeah. around yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, we don't cool. need to we don't need to beat anyone with sticks, right. you know. But there was a part of me that was like, you know, everyone wants to think that they're going to be on the right side of that thing. But at the same time, it's like there are people that can fly. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> like That's that's actually a little creepy. We don't need mm-hmm. to hit them with sticks. But yeah. Um, yeah, and that that had come up in, in other things. So let's see. The other thing I wrote down is like the whole like the Tommy Richard. Who are those people? And it was so that whole storyline was mm-hmm. made me really really sad. Like that felt really like there were mm. these people we didn't know how they came to be there. Yeah, they were maybe not natural allies. Some right. sort of like weird doomed love story. Yeah, they make it to, thing. Yeah, they yeah. make it to LA. They you know he gets killed. They let her get away. They let her make it all the way back right. to New York just for fun. Yeah. And then kill her anyway. Just well, like, no, not bummer. just for fun. They, and I don't know why they need oh, to, they to go to this trouble. They yeah. need to lead her to lead them uh, to the Morlocks. Yeah, but don't they know where the, I mean, they live in the, yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they go, why they start looking for the Morlocks in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <that laughs> They was... just like hang around in Manhattan and just wait for some skeevy looking person to, uh, It'll go into a sewer. <laughs> You'll get there. But that was yeah. so that one of my questions as I was reading it, as I often do, was like, did these people show mm-hmm. up in something else? And I've never just not a thing yeah. that I've read. Am I supposed to know who they are? I don't actually think that they have. From reading, I don't think that yeah, they have. From reading the Powell, it feels like they were yeah. completely manufactured yeah. characters for this story. And, and we, we touched on this before. Uh, my strong recommendation is when something like that happens, if it's somebody that you've not seen before, um, you should never worry about whether you've encountered them before. Yeah, I mean, I didn't worry for like three days, but I was, you know, I was like, like, hey, like you don't need to guy? worry. You don't need to worry for three seconds. I mean, um, y- you can probe your middle-aged brain to see whether like you're having a problem with recollection, but but even you know, do that like systems check. Yeah. Well, I did. I did. But then it was yeah. it was sort of satisfying, to, not satisfying, yeah. but it was uh, you know, 
um, comforting, but also heartbreaking to know that right. we had never seen them before. They yep. were just these two Brand people that new. got killed by these baddies. And uh, we are introduced to them only long enough for uh, to be able to watch them die. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, it is well, and it's going to get even to be even more of a bummer because this is the first uh, you could you could call this the first issue of the mutant massacre. Mm-hmm. It's it's on, <laughs> it's on. Um, we'll need to think about how we approach this because this is there are interconnected titles. Mm-hmm. This is one of the first times that. Uh, one of the first times that Marvel has uh, a, a, a narrative that runs through several different titles. Mm-hmm. What are the titles? Uh, X-Factor being one of them. Right. Uh, Thor, weirdly. Right. Uh, Power Pack, I'm afraid to say. The one with the kids? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the New Mutants, although, honestly, I, I don't recall. Hmm. I want to say yes on the New Mutants. Um, and, and, and oh, I'm going to pull it up because... Well, in the app, uh, you do actually have a kind of a prayer of being able to read this in a linear hmm. way. Because it has, like, a little storyline sub... Yeah, basically. Let me dig that up and find does it. Does Powell have yeah, it that go. way as well? Because I know he he talks about other titles. I don't know what Powell does. Okay, no. yeah, so this is the first one. So if we wanted to follow this in a linear way, we could dive right into X-Factor. X-Factor, yes, New Mutants, Thor, Power Pack... There's an issue of Daredevil that touches on it. You can ignore that one pretty safely. Yeah, so there's like, I think, three or so issues of X-Factor, one of New Mutants, and a couple of Thor. Um, okay, so we, we'll we think about that. We All right. We're not going to think about it on this podcast, but if we <laughs> want to do it... just sit here and think about it on the air? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, well, I mean, I'm happy to, uh, you know... We, it'll mean like one or two additional issues per week. Yeah, I could probably do one additional issue per week, realistically. Okay. Yeah. Doing. Yeah, we're not going to recap them, yeah. obviously. I'm. I'm back to. We're going to recap them. Okay. 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 Recap yeah. them. Okay. I love having the recap because then I can actually go back and. I mean, I know, you know I can go happens. back and listen yeah. to the to the issue, but it's actually a lot easier to go back and read the previous recap. Okay. Or whatever recap. Oh, fine. Oh, that's actually a good point. I've never, yeah. I've never actually done that. But yeah. you know, to, the previously on, <laughs> you've got it uh, uh, yeah. there. Um, oh crap. I, I had, uh, all right. Did we, did we get your third point? My third point is just something that Powell said in his book. He was talking about like the, when, um, Magneto went to talk to the Hellfire Club and sort of this, you know, ideas, like what you just said, that there's yeah. sort of gearing up for, you know, some, something bad's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't really matter where in mutant hood you, you fall, um, but he had a sentence that said, it's one thing for the mutants to become friends with underpri- underprivileged mutants like the Morlocks or revolutionaries like Magneto. But the Hellfire Club, they're mutants, but they're also rich, privileged, and morally bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. I hadn't necessarily thought that through all the way like that. And yeah. he, he's making the point that I guess the reader is supposed to take away that, you know, Xavier would have categorically refused to work with the Hellfire Club, but Magneto right. is uh, no stranger to moral compromise. <laughs> and so he says yeah, that he's, yeah. he's thinking about it. So. And, and I wish that I knew more about philosophy to uh, be able to explore the point that, that Professor, you know, Professor Xavier has a Kantian point of view, mm. right? That there, there are some things you just can't do. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the, the counterpoint to that is because I need to go back and watch whatever episode of The Good Place it is. I was going to say, is. we need Cheedy. I was just going to say that. We need Cheedy, yeah. We need Cheedy here to explain yeah. things, yeah. yeah or, or, or Will Durant. I need to uh, yeah, to yeah. catch up on my, uh, uh, catch up on, revisit uh, Will Durant, uh, who, who has a pretty good book about uh, uh, kind of a philosophy 101 hmm. uh, that I'd like to get get into. But um, it, it, is, it, it is delightful that we have... These we touched on this before. But we have these different flavors of outcast. Mm-hmm. There are there are the heroic outcasts. Right. There are the more bankrupt outcasts. The assholes. <laughs> um, and and then we've got I, I don't know how you would describe the Morlocks. They're they're, they're kind of something in between. Another they're, they're almost like you know the the chaotic neutral uh, <laughs> outcasts. Uh, so yeah, Hellfire Club, lawful evil, X Men, chaotic good. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I like to sort my kindergartners that way. By a Dungeons and Dragons alignment, <laughs> type. that that 
it's a fantastic oh, paradigm yeah. you know um yeah 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 uh let's see bill clinton is um he might be chaotic neutral yeah, yeah. none of the kindergartners maybe are, lawful neutral yeah. uh, none of the yeah, kindergartners are uh, are evil obviously so, yeah yeah children, and, and, but, yeah and by the way um i don't want to get into my feelings about bill clinton i mean he was he was Where'd never bill clinton come from uh, alignments. Oh. Uh, it's just uh, politicians are pretty because you can sort them into lawful and chaotic yeah. uh, pr- pretty pretty easily. And um, uh, talking about evil or good, that has a partisan flavor. Uh, but for me, Bill Clinton, um, I mean, for me to say that you know, neutral—that's me being pretty charitable. I, I, I think <laughs> the guy's slippery as fuck. He he, uh, he cheated on his wife a lot, yeah. and I don't think it's like. That was an understanding between the two of them. I don't think that it's like, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to say how people should or shouldn't structure the marriages and, and what what is or, or is not permitted. I don't think that was part of the arrangement. Right? <laughs> I think that he that he was breaking the rules. And and, and um, I, I think he eventually did shape up. Uh, but, but there's also just you know anyway, uh, Bill Clinton at best a mixed bag. Period. Um, now that I've now that I've resolved that I've I've lost whatever my fucking point We're talking was. D and D alignments. Oh yeah, yeah. well, but but the genesis of that is uh, this, this idea that we have several different flavors of outcast. Oh yeah. Uh, in, in the pages of the X Men, and and I love the the weird moment of X Factor and Magneto seeing each other, and they have no idea. Right, they they because the, the X Factor thinks, well, Magneto is just going to keep being evil. But they don't realize that he's done a face turn. But d- doesn't Scott know that he's? D- I mean, wasn't Scott there with him? Sorry, I'm leaning back. Yeah, wasn't Scott there with him for a while? Good question. Yeah, good question. Pretty sure that he was. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, and he was always sort of mistrusty of him. Maybe that was it. Maybe like he was there, but he didn't really he didn't trust like him it. to yeah, actually yeah. be good. Yeah, but I, I love the dramatic irony of yeah. all of that. You know, the audience knows what's up, but the characters uh, have it completely back to front. Right. So <laughs> is, is X Factor, like, are they, I mean, are they going to be, well, I guess I'll have to keep reading. Are they going to be a like, factor in uh, this I mean, are story? they going to be, like, killing other mutants? No. So let's are back they like up. A, are they a false flag? False they flag are operation. like a, a double negative false flag. Okay. <laughs> I think. Um, I think, strictly speaking, yeah, they're a false flag. X Factor, uh, what they are is they're trying to rescue mutants. Right. Uh, but the way that they do that is they have people call them like Ghostbusters style saying, hey, I've got a mutant in my basement or some shit. <laughs> and so then X Factor shows up and like, all right, we'll, we'll take care of them and we'll do this vigilante thing and, and take the mutant. And then they take the mutant back to X Factor's headquarters, which is uh, kind of a nouveau uh, Xavier's mansion. So, okay. like they're they're capturing mutants in order to save them. Right. Okay. Um, it, it's an interesting premise. Uh, I, I think it's challenging to have more than I don't know, like fifty issues of a comic that'll sure. that'll play out that premise. But whatever, I'm not a writer. Right. Well, and, and like they're, I mean, you know, their advertising also is like negative. <laughs> For mutants, you know, they're no, sort of 100%. creating part of the problem that they're trying to solve. They're yeah, sort of stoking yeah. fear and uh, induced demand yeah. is uh, what economists uh, call that. Um, now, within the minds and thinking of X Factor themselves, they're saying we are riding the wave right, of, of anti mutant hysteria yep. and trying to put to do some constructive to it. Uh, so, so that's what's happening with X Factor. The only reason why X Factor exists is because. There are these people who just want to see the Golden Age, or Silver Age, rather, Silver Age version of the X-Men. Again. What do you mean, again? People that want to see them return. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, a second time. Um, and I can sort of understand the sentiment. Um, certainly at this point in the run, Claremont is done with all of them. Right. <laughs> He's got nothing left uh, other than the characters that he created or that uh, Dave Cockrum and Len Wein created. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're available. Right. Um, but but it, it, it the title's not that awesome, X-Factor. Mm-hmm. And I've read the first couple of issues. At this point, um, Walt Simonson is writing and drawing, and it improves because Simonson's great. Right. Um, 
I thought that in the Powell book it said that like Chris Claremont was really not interested in that title, and then when yeah. actually Louise Simonson was yeah. was started working on it, he uh, collaborated with her and sort mm-hmm. of worked on bringing it into the the main X Men storyline. Yeah, um, eventually. Now, well, I, I mean, the, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is that point. Yeah, yeah. And, up until um, now, that he had not been yeah. that interested in it. Uh, with good reason. I, yeah. I don't recall who the creative team were initially, but like they were not amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm with Claremont on bringing back Jean Grey. Mm. Um, I don't think that that was a good idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? Oh, um, one other thing that I want to say about this issue, assuming that we're done with that point. Yes. Whatever that point yep. was. <laughs> Um, yep. One of my favorite issues in comics, uh, weirdly, there's an uh, it's a issue I think 253 or something like that of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. The name of the issue is Fragments, and it's one of my favorites because it, it exists just as this interim issue mm-hmm. where there are a bunch of plot threads and there are like domestic things that are happening. Uh, and it's setting up the next storyline, and I absolutely love that kind of issue in comics. Mm-hmm. This is a lot like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anytime that they're hanging out in the mansion, and someone's like, uh, I, I need to fix the VCR so that we can watch, <laughs> uh, you know, we can watch aliens yeah. or something like that. Um, I, I, I love reading that. Yeah. I, I 100% want to read that and more of it. Yeah. Yeah, you still have comic booky things happening. Right. Um, I, I don't know what that says about me or anything, but it struck me that that uh, it is that kind of an issue. You get that in comics occasionally on a television show. You'll get that, although rarely. Right. And I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think of a decent example where they just need to move thing. You know, have that transitional thing resolve one arc and kick up a new one. Right. But I love those. Yeah. No, I, I love these issues as well. Yeah. I always like when they're hanging out and, uh, you know, when there's a lot of talking. All right. Well, what else do we want to say about this issue? Makes them seem like real people. That's pretty much all I have. Yeah. I oh, they it. are real yeah. people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm extremely proud of myself for writing Recap. I, I adored your pat Recap. Pat myself on the back. I, I will pat you on the back as well uh, uh, once we're done. Um we usually talk a little bit about other pop cultural things. I want to say that I read the first hardcover uh, uh, collection of Saga. I finally finished it, mm-hmm. um, I think, on Friday. It's got that weird cover with, the, like, the weird the, baby Yeah, the baby feeding. nursing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome, that title. So um, Saga, Brian Vaughn, and I'm blanking on the artist's name. I'll, I'll look it up. How did you learn about that? Like, where did you... it, it, it's, it appears, but, like, it's a quite a popular title published by Image. Image is uh, uh, the, the people gave us uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Um, they're kind of a... You know, they're like the number three, uh, mm-hmm. probably publisher, but they're really good about, um, you know, creator owned stuff and, and things like that. Um, I loved Saga and reading that just really takes me back to what I loved about walking into the Great Escape uh, comic store in, in Louisville and just seeing like, okay, here's just a bunch of independent niche stuff. stuff yeah. That you, I, I can't remember where I read this, but, um, Com, you know, independent comics are really the last bastion of pure independent creativity. Mm. Uh, you, you, you'll see that when we talk about independent film, it's not the same thing. It is not as unique of a voice as you're going to find in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, even indie music, uh, similar. It, it's, it's, it might sound wholly original, but it, uh, it, it, it more than likely does not. Right. Um, I, I don't want to be too, too, too extreme about that. But, um, but, but independent comics are just fantastic. And what I love about them uh, generally, Saga specifically, is like, like this is a comic. We can do fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can draw this. I mean, you can definitely do that in, in narrative fiction. But like with a comic, you just you get that pure uncut mm-hmm. you don't have to vision it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly and so you've got like androids that have televisions for heads mm-hmm. uh, and just like like just batshit weird stuff like that um and one of the reasons why it, it's it's so it's so crazy 
is Brian Vaughn said, I just want to make something that is unfilmable. Yeah. Like, you couldn't film this. Yeah, I mean, you can animate it, I guess. Yeah. It, it also, he, he makes it, uh, it, it's a, for mature audiences, he says, like, it, like if they're going to film it, it has to be like NC-17, and you can't do it anyway. Right. So there's just occasional, like, really explicit sexual images. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, and I'm not saying that that's like a major selling point, but it, it it is indicative of the fact that like like we don't have any barriers here, right? Right. Uh, we are not beholden to any right. corporate interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just doing wild shit, yeah. and um, I, I think what it's what 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 it speaks to me is it, it, I really. It, like I feel seen when I read these things <laughs> because it, it's like the ultimate geek outsider mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like nobody else has heard of this shit. Right. Nobody else is reading this shit, and it's like it's wild and it's and, and it's and it's crazy, and you're just not going to find it. Uh, um, and it was, and, and I don't. I'm, I'm on record as saying I don't like obscurity for its own sake. Right. Um, I, I, I just that understood <laughs> once you have an established mainstream th- then you know what is not, not part of it right, right. <laughs> right uh so so like this is this is where you go to get your weird on <laughs> and uh saga was uh, and even beyond all that i mean it, it makes it sound like um uh, uh naked lunch or or like salvador dali or something like that um, it, it's not i mean it, it, it it's it's a narrative that is is not conventional but but certainly linear and, and and makes sense and so forth but um awesome book love saga go out and buy that go out and buy it local, yeah 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 definitely uh, sorry it, it, yeah it, it, and, and that, that's not the starting point of a discussion this is just me saying saga is really great yeah, that's fine <laughs> and that's, uh that's i was very happy yeah i was very happy to have read it um but the only other thing is stranger things yeah, man. That we could talk about. I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, we got like about you know, four or five minutes. All right. We yeah. are going to spoiler the end of the last two episodes of Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah. You've probably already seen them. Yeah. Spoilers. But I mean, I mean, what do you want to say about it? I don't know. I guess. Just that we watched it. We did. And uh, and now it has been watched <laughs> by us. Yeah. And I think everybody enjoyed it. Um uh, our, I did, yeah. I, I I talked about it a little bit yeah. with uh, our son this morning. Uh, he had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah, it was a fun thing that we all watched together. So maybe yeah. our like bar for enjoyment on yeah. it is you know maybe in a different place than if it was just like yeah. an adult thing that only you and I did. But yeah, um, a I, little a little long. I thought I thought it was a little bit long. I thought the first bit. episode was a little bit long, and I thought yesterday's episode had some moments that maybe dragged on a little bit. Yeah. Even given their usual, like, their very comfortable, slow, kind of uh, detail-oriented pacing, which we all enjoy. But, you know, I'm not going to not like it because only of that. Right. Um, We had this conversation the other day, uh, possibly yesterday, the way that some scenes in Stranger Things play out uh, wouldn't fly in a a movie. Mm -hmm. They would be edited down. yeah, I like that the the creators and also the network are giving them space to yeah. to, to to let those scenes breathe. I get it. You, you're you're correct. I mean, like your your perspective on this mm-hmm. is totally understandable um, because there is a different world in which those scenes are edited down. Um, so right. what you're saying makes complete sense. Yeah, but. Um, I also like having this option. <laughs> right. Well, then one yeah. of the things that I complain the most about when we see, um, you know, even the Harry Potter films, like a, yeah. a lot of films like that where there's a, a big story that they want to tell, right. is that it just, you know, I, obviously Harry Potter is based on a very, very lengthy series of books. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, things have to be condensed down. But it was like in a lot of action movies, sometimes it just, especially based on something, it feels like they're just racing from one scene to the right. next and then you it sort of feels yeah. like this kind of you're, highlight reel of, exactly, yeah, uh, of action checking boxes yeah. but yeah. um you know stranger things and, and actually some of the mcu stuff kind of doesn't feel that way and so that's nice so yes there could yeah. have been you know there are a few spots that it was like okay you know my butt hurts i've been sitting here on the <laughs> yeah. ground well, for a long time well like last night i really really needed to go to the bathroom and i was like okay like there had already been the great climax right. and so I thought, all right, there's about like five minutes of dana mall because i'm not looking at a, at a clock or anything like that so can you pause let's see how much we got like 25 minutes are you fucking kidding me yeah, I, 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 
Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, like, it did have to go pee, but, but I was also, like, delighted about yeah. that. That after the, yeah. the action crescendo, we're going to, uh, like, have 20 minutes to, like, cuddle, eat some ice cream, <laughs> you know? Like, Whisper sweet nothings to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stranger Things is is there for me for that, like for that post-coital, you know, thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't just send me out to the parking lot. Yeah. A friend texted me like yesterday, mid-afternoon, and was like, everyone in my family is like this. And then had like the little emoji with the big open eyeballs. And for a second, I had no idea what she was like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, the Stranger Things, you know finale or maybe you're not are you the friend that watches it or yeah, am i yeah, thinking of yeah, someone yeah, else and i was mm-hmm. like i do we saw the first one we because we watched them yeah. two nights um you know but that kind of led me to believe that like something really really weird was going to happen mm-hmm. at the end and maybe like yeah. it didn't really seem that i mean the ending didn't seem i wasn't like cliffhanger ending yeah i mean it was a cliffhanger yeah um but it it wasn't like four major characters die or, right. you know, something really, really shocking. So, you know, the whole time I was like, at, this, at that point, especially when you went to the bathroom, I was like, okay, shit's going to start to get really weird now. <laughs> uh, no, and instead, no, really you said this, yeah. uh, the, the, this uh, just very sweet reunion between uh, uh, Hopper yeah. and, and Elle. And yeah. great, you know, like just let that, let that moment happen yeah. uh, organically. So I, I, I dug it. I, I, I'm um, on board of saying uh, Stranger Things is great. Uh, and um, we've not seen any of Ms. Marvel. We have not. And we're not gonna. We're not gonna. You know, it's crazy. So, like, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I'm going to sound like some sort of Trumpist or something like that, but um, I'm not, because that guy's a piece of shit. Um, He's worse than a piece of shit, right? (laughs) I'd much rather have a piece of shit in my house than than Donald Trump. Yeah, no, I'd I'd rather, like, Well, that's the other thing we could talk about briefly. Oh God! What? Who? The the fucking president? No, what? No. White Lotus. Oh, uh, White Lotus. Yeah, we can talk yeah. about um, we can next, talk time, about next time. Next time. Yeah. Uh, but so Rotten Tomatoes, like Stranger Things, I think this season is like like eighty percent, something like that. Ms. Marvel is like ninety eight. I haven't seen it, which will negate anything that I'm about to say. Yeah, but it's like based on their other. <laughs> if I mean, I that's got to be a really motherfucking great series, and my. There's this weird, like, I feel like all the M- all the Disney MCU TV series are getting graded on a curve, and also, and and again, <sighs> forgive me. Yeah, I think they're getting like five to ten bonus points that the hero is a young Pakistani woman. Yeah. I now let me that. be clear. I want to see a lot more. <laughs> Right. Pakistani heroes. My favorite moment in Moon Knight is when yeah. somebody says, hey, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she says, yeah, like, that's great. My, my favorite my Pakistani beef. superhero is Dinesh from Silicon Valley. Okay. Well, <laughs> who is actually a superhero. Say, yeah. He's in, he's in yeah. um, uh, the Eternals and he was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And yeah. So let me be clear. I want to see Camille Nanjiani yeah, in everything. Stuff, yeah. And I want to see loads of, of, of Pakistani superheroes. But I mean, I'll, I'll say Moon Knight, which I did see. Um, and, and directed by by an Egyptian, and again, I'd love to see. Uh, it, it, I mean, I love Martin Scorsese, but mm-hmm. I also love people who don't necessarily have the same background that he does, or Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. or whomever. Moon Knight wasn't that good. Yeah, no, and and uh, maybe what I'm saying, you know, now I have to watch Ms. Marvel. But uh, you know, don't. if yeah. the best thing about it is that it, it that that it broadens representation, if that's the best thing about it, nope. then that's not good enough. Nope. Um, and I'd love to get to the place where there are so many people who see themselves <laughs> in these kinds of stories right, that, that we be, that we then get to pick the good ones the good ones right that can't be the only yeah that can't be it can't well yeah and i think that 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 some of that stuff like falcon and winter soldier was one that i particularly felt irritated by because it was like it wasn't necessarily some of it was handled it was okay. a, yeah some of it was fine but then some of it just felt like i want to see a thing about yeah. human interactions and human traits and sort of yeah. cross human um experiences sure and i don't want that to be flattened into yeah. just this sort of re- constant rehashing of yeah. identities well and and yeah. sort of that kind of um that sort of storyline that makes people feel virtuous but doesn't actually like it's not really about the people it's i want to see sure. stuff about the people it, you nailed it 
when you say you don't want it to be a story that makes the viewers feel virtuous. Right. <laughs> that's actually, uh, we could have just stopped there. Right. Um, period. period. I, 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 you know, I, I'm on record as saying that what I seek out in, in, in comics in particular, but this kind of genre storytelling is something that will stretch my boundaries. And it feels weird to to say like, oh, isn't it great that we can have uh, Pakistanis or Egyptians? But like that absolutely reinforces the idea that <laughs> you know, like like the, these communities that are like millions of people large right. are boundary stretchers, right? <laughs> like like that's that's yeah. fucking. I mean, I no. It, it, okay, yeah. so so it. When you say if I'm if the best thing about it or if a meaningful element of it is that the audience member presumptively white right. <laughs> and like middle class feels virtuous, yeah. that's 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 no, not okay. No thank you. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll pick on Moon Knight because it didn't actually work for me. Ms. Marvel might be awesome, and I'm not. You know, we're not going to watch it because I'm going to read the comic. Yeah, we're not this awesome watch comic that has this really Disney fantastic. You know, depiction of a young Pakistani girl. It's it's old, yeah. right? You know, and you and you get this immigrant family living in uh, New Jersey. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. And if you want to see people just like hanging out and talking, uh, it's great. So uh, I'm glad that I, I I bought that trade paperback. I'm gonna buy more because I think that's a better use of my dollars than uh, yeah. than than funding Disney, uh, Disney sort of, Plus. Uh, yeah, weird kind of preachiness. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.